0: You're listening to Once, episode 155, Frozen Movie Review. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis.
1: I'm Aaron J. I'm Hunter.
2: And I'm Jacqueline.
0: And we're missing our fellow co-host, Jeremy, tonight. He just wasn't feeling very well. And we told him, the cold shouldn't bother you anyway, but <laughs> it did. The frozen <laughs> jokes are going to be flying like snowballs today, so just get used to it.
3: He just didn't let it go. <laughs>
0: well so season four is fast approaching it's coming back on september 28th at eight slash seven eastern or seven central make sure you're watching it we'll be doing our live initial reactions podcast 15 minutes after the eastern and central time showing over at oncepodcast.com slash live and we know frozen is coming the tagline and the hashtag are now once is frozen and uh, a lot of stuff coming some really neat branding imagery coming for season three that really grasps this frozen branding look so it's very fitting. season four yes yeah, season Se- four <laughs>
1: okay.
0: i have mixed up saying season three and season four so many times because it just brain mush it's all melting together
2: oh my it's gosh. the new
1: season how about that <laughs> yes
0: that's what i'll just say it's the best season since last season <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. But so a review of the movie Frozen seems very appropriate. If you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, then stop the podcast now. Stop watching Once Upon a Time. Go watch Frozen. Then come back and listen to the podcast. And if you haven't purchased Frozen yet and you want to, please use our affiliate link over at com slash frozen. So as a whole, uh let's start Aaron. What do you think as a whole of the movie Frozen? When you first saw it, what were your impressions?
3: I loved Frozen. Um I was really hesitant to see it actually because I had read a blog on this like feminist website that was talking about how the author of the Snow Queen usually was pretty like prejudiced against women and then this was like the one fairy tale where he wasn't and then Disney got a hold of it and that they were going to kind of butcher that and they were changing all the leads and they were going to make it not like a a woman empowering movie. And then I ended up going to see it with Belle actually from you guys know her from the chat room because I was working where she lives and uh, we went on opening night and it was just it was amazing. I was so impressed with it. I was really sad that my sister was not there to watch it with me when I first saw it. But um I loved it. I loved it. I've seen it a gazillion times since then. I quote it all the time. I'm like that annoying person <laughs> with all the frozen <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> Hunter, what about you? What did you think when you saw it?
3: I absolutely
1: loved it. It was not halfway through the movie, and my husband leans over and he's like, I have to buy you the soundtrack now, don't I? <laughs> and I said, Of course. <laughs> So, of course, I got the soundtrack, and I think it was like two weeks later, I went to see it again in the theater with another friend who hadn't seen it yet. I pre ordered it, I watched it twice the day it came out. I love this movie.
0: Jacqueline, what did you think?
2: Uh, I really like the movie. It took me forever to see it. I probably saw it in like April or May. And the only reason I ended up seeing it was because everyone over at the forums kept yelling at me for not seeing it yet. <laughs> Um, and this was this was before season three ended, before we even knew that Elsa was in Storybrooke. And they just yelled at me every single day, RG, have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? So I finally went and saw the movie, and I really liked it. I don't think I'm as obsessed with it as Aaron and Hunter. I've maybe seen it <laughs> three or four times. I, I like it. It's much better than the trailer. The trailer for the film really put me off, but I thought it was a, a cute movie, Disney finally sort of got back into its swing.
0: Yeah, it's one of those movies that it may not hit you at first and stick as much, but the more you watch it, the more it <laughs> sticks. The more YouTube videos you see, the more the song <laughs> sticks, and the more you want to To hear of the song and parodies and different versions, and (laughs) there are so many different versions of "Let It Go" out there. So many parodies, so many different things. Like there's a version where a singer sings it in the voice of different female singers. Like that is my favorite one. And my favorite one is this guy that does a great job imitating Disney and Pixar voices. Yes, that one is
2: hilarious.
0: And we'll have these, in fact, a couple of these and maybe some more in the show notes that you can watch over at OnesPodcast.com slash 155. When I first saw this, I'd been hearing people talk about Frozen and saying, oh, it's this great movie, you got to see it. And so Jenny and I were between either seeing Frozen or some other movie, but we opted for seeing Frozen and, and we were really glad that we did. Jenny really liked the movie and and I enjoyed it too. I'm not really... A musical kind of person, but I've really liked seeing Disney go back to their original roots of doing musicals. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate computer generated graphics. I used to do some 3D animation myself. So for a while, I wanted to see every single CG movie that came out. The Disney ones were kind of hit and miss, mostly miss, until Disney bought Pixar and now that you start seeing executive producer John Lasseter more often, the stories are much better. And Tangled was good, and Frozen was great. And when I rewatched it, I was really hit by, wow, they've done some great stuff here with the story, the twists, the songs are really good. And the way that they, they make you think a bit differently about some things, which is good and bad in different ways. But it feels like traditional Disney a lot.
3: I think it's definitely like taken off more than most Disney movies have though. like it's like the biggest one and the songs like I've never heard the original movie song from any Disney movie on the radio. Uh, like I always hear like the you know, the Demi Lovato cover mm-hmm. like we always hear those covers on the radio of the various movies. but I, this is the first time that I remember ever hearing the original one that was in the movie. And I remember being super psyched about that just because I've been a huge fan of Adina Menzel since uh, forever, like since she was in Rent uh, when I was way too young to ever know what Rent was. And then I was a huge fan of her solo stuff, but no, it wasn't really big. It was, she never had like that the forum to make her music well-known, even though it was amazing. And then walking through the grocery store and Adina Menzel comes on the radio. It's kind of amazing. Like can't imagine how she feels about it, but it's really cool to have that as well.
0: Yeah. They brought together some really good talent with this, some great acting talent and song talent and rewatching this movie. Now with the mind of once upon a time brought out some interesting insights that we'll dig into here And one of the first things is that song that's at the beginning, the uh, We Are Cutting Ice song. That's not actually the lyrics, but that's (laughs) in reference to another (laughs) video you should see. But in that first song, while they're cutting the ice, they say the ice is beautiful, powerful, dangerous, cold. Ice is a magic that we can control stronger than one, stronger than 10, stronger than 100 men. And it made me wonder.
1: You forgot the last part.
0: Oh, What's that?
1: So they, yeah, they
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's sing along now. We'll have the little words bouncing on the bottom of the screen. For... I was. While you were reading those words, I was singing along. Well, I wonder if this is a description that they're going to use for Elsa. Think about it. Beautiful, mm-hmm. powerful, dangerous, cold, magic that we can't control, maybe. That certainly seems to be what Rumpelstiltskin felt about her since... He put that urn down where it was everything he didn't understand or was uncontrollable. Mm -hmm. Stronger than a hundred men.
3: And beware the frozen heart. Yeah. Which I was just thinking, because we know Emma is the
2: savior and we know her heart cannot be taken, but perhaps it can be frozen. Hmm. I will be very surprised if someone does not get a literal frozen heart. I will be very surprised too. They're totally going to play with that. They already
1: take hearts out, so why wouldn't they freeze them?
2: Well, I know the biggest guess at the forum is either Emma or Hook. Because even though they've started a relationship at the end of Season 3, they have yet to be established as true love through true love's kiss, which is the normal way we do it on the show. So most people are anticipating that it will be one of them. Therefore, true love's kiss that will seal that relationship. Or the other prediction is maybe Rumble, because he has kind of unredeemed himself <laughs> by killing Zelina. And I think he might need a really big redemption, and maybe Belle's true love kiss will be that. And maybe that's what's finally going to break his Dark Ones curse. But you have to remember that th- if they're going by the movie, it's not true love's
1: kiss, it's an act of true love.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, but... This could be the once upon a time spin because they like to hammer home the kiss,
0: well, yet they've also hammered that true love means something other than a romantic kiss, like look at yeah. Peter Pan and mr. R- 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 and there <laughs> the true love there was loyalty, friendship, and also look at true love's kiss between well <laughs> season one, Emma mm-hmm. and her son. that was a motherly kiss. And Breaking the Curse in Season 3 was also a motherly kiss.
2: It's still true love, though. It's just parental true love.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not romantic true love. So, yeah, it is still true love's kiss, but different than what we would expect. Yeah, the act of true love thing, that's something that we also talked about, like, with the movie Maleficent, which, if you haven't seen, great movie. Go to (laughs) onespodcast.com slash Maleficent. And... Uh, In there, they also explore different aspects of true love. It still involves true love's kiss, but in a different twist, really.
3: Mm -hmm. Which I love. I love that they're doing that in movies now. I love that it's not just, okay, the only way for you to get saved as a girl in trouble is for some stranger who you've never met to give you a kiss. Because yeah. he thinks he loves you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you kissed someone you thought was a dead girl? <laughs> That's not weird.
3: <laughs> you got engaged to someone you just met today?
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't have good judgment, it seems. But I also, you know, looking at this from a religious perspective as well, it's great to see true love being. Uh, evaluated as something more than just romance, that it is something you can have between a brother, sister, a friend, even in some cases an enemy, you know, love your enemies, that kind of thing, and uh, love those around you. And it's not just romantic love that we should be treating others with, but a love of I'm sacrificing myself for you, or I want Mm -hmm. the best for you kind of love and commitment in there as well. From the beginning, I wondered in Frozen, Whose son was Kristoff? His dad wasn't any of those guys that were cutting the ice.
1: I think he was an orphan. Yeah, that just like that would tag along, be like, "I need to do something," type thing. So he's like, "Oh, this is cool." So we go tag along with his little reindeer, and then he was adopted by Rocks.
3: Yeah, (laughs) yes, love experts.
0: My parents rock, like literally. (laughs) Since Once Upon a Time has characters that are all connected. (laughs) Almost sometimes obnoxiously so. It makes me wonder, who's going to have the connection here in Once Upon a Time? Or will it be just the connection of a distant magic that Stoltzkin didn't understand? Or will there be some kind of family-related connection between any of the characters?
2: I think Hunter and I are not going to answer that because we know.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Mouth is shut.
3: (laughs) I have no idea. I'm trying to think. (laughs) We talked about this last week or two weeks ago, I believe.
0: I stay spoiler-free, so I don't know what you talked about, but I know some of our listeners are probably also saying, Daniel, it's this and that." Well, don't yeah, worry. I I'm stay spoiler-free. That's why we have Hunter and Jacqueline here to talk about the spoilers.
3: I'm kind of disappointed Daniel just told me Frozen was coming to once. <gasps> oh, sorry. <laughs> spoiler. Color. I'm just kidding.
0: I liked a lot about the movie and it's not sacrificing my man card i think to say i like frozen it's it's a great work of art and a great piece a great dynamics in it certain things that we learn from the movie are complete well actually everything about the movie is completely different from the Hans Christian Andersen story That it's very, very loosely based on. Yeah. The Snow Queen story, (laughs) it has a troll or it has trolls and it has some snow and it has ice, a frozen heart.
3: It has a snow queen.
0: A lady called the Snow Queen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's about it. Everything else, no characters share names with each other. Plot lines barely even touch at all. But it is an interesting story, the original Hans Christian Andersen one, in that, it's in short synopsis here, is trolls had this mirror that when you would look in this mirror, everything you would see through this mirror, the reflection of everything, would look ugly. And so you would start treating everything ugly. And the trolls enjoyed doing this, and it was actually one troll that was called the devil, and he would take this higher and higher to more and more... um, people with high virtue and he took it all the way up into heaven where then it shattered and rained down as kind of like snow and people inhaled the pieces of the mirror that sounds deadly but Mm -hmm. it made them start looking at everything around them as ugly then there is this couple that's in love and the guy inhales some of this stuff accidentally and he starts looking at his uh, love interest as uh, she's ugly and he starts treating her badly and then he runs off snow queen comes in takes him prisoner holds him prisoner there until he can arrange this ice in the word eternity and then something else happens and the dust the mirror dust comes out of him and the mirror dust falls down in the word eternity spoiler by the way and so he's then supposed to be let go by the snow queen but she's gone and off so it's a neat story but nothing to do with frozen
3: not really no
0: however i think it could have more to do with once upon a time because we've seen once upon a time give backstory when there has been none like dreamy (laughs) and we've also seen them explore backstory from different legends and ideas and it makes me wonder if what they'll do with bringing frozen in is even though they're going to bring in frozen characters and specific characters i think they might do well and they might do this to bring in actual backstory of snow queen to tell Elsa's backstory. And I'm sure Hunter and Jacqueline can't say anything.
2: (laughs) I know. I'm just sitting here like I literally can't say anything right now. (laughs) I'm like, listen later, because
1: if you want to know some stuff.
0: Yeah, so stay on the podcast, listen after the music later, and you'll get to hear Hunter and Jacqueline laugh about what Aaron and I theorize, since we are spoiler free.
3: I'm very wishy-washy about once doing... Uh, frozen, which I know Jeremy and I kind of agree on this from what he's said in uh, previous podcasts. But if they were to do that, that would be a really good way around what we are fearing they're going to mm-hmm. do, like, which is just basically try and live off the success of the movie. Like, it just seems way too soon. Um, yeah. So if they did that, that would be very true to their form, to their established form, to, uh, you know, do the original fairy tale more so than. Uh, But just with the Disney characters and names, I think that would be good. And then it would kind of open people to learning the real story of the Snow Queen as well, which people probably think they kind of (laughs) know because they're watching Frozen, but then it's
0: nothing close at all. Hunter, what do you think about the idea as a whole of bringing Frozen into Once Upon a Time?
1: I was really upset. I just thought it was the whole riding the train. They couldn't think of anything else. They we are like, we don't want to use any of the other obscure stories, but everyone knows Frozen, so let's bring that in.
0: Yeah, it's like, what, did you get this idea from the pizza guy or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I like I said, I was very upset when I first saw it. I'm like, they could have done so many other things, and they decided to bring Frozen in. I was like, the movie was like just out of theaters. It just came onto video, and it was just like, you're just
2: riding the cash train.
0: <laughs> Jacqueline, what do you think about it?
2: I completely agree with Hunter, and I'm still not that happy with it. I think it is, more than anything, a ratings pull. I think that they're hoping the success of Frozen is going to provide an influx of people who will get caught up really quickly on Netflix and then come watch season four because they think that it's going to be live-action Frozen. You know, before the season three finale, we started a thread at the forums about Where are we going next? What's the next land or myth that we're going to tackle? And nobody said Arendelle or Frozen. We actually all thought it was going to be Camelot. And then Elsa showed up and instantly everyone went, oh, Mm -hmm. of course. Of course they're doing Frozen next. I don't know. I'm still really against this whole idea.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm really skeptical of it as well for the same reasons. And also just thinking we just saw the movie so is it just going to be the same story all over again just with a little bit more backstory to it or are they going to assume we've seen the frozen story and so we get everything before and after that and (laughs) you could even look at this kind of like i've heard the three of you say as jumping the shark which is a term that came from an old tv show where they led up to this thing that was going to be a big event where this guy was going to jump over some sharks ski over ski jump over some <laughs> sharks and it was the tv show uh happy days was going to try to do something so crazy that it would make people watch again and i feel like i'm describing once upon a time's fourth season that they're doing something so crazy like this i mean not they're not seen as as crazy as just a publicity stunt but yet I think they are doing this to try to bring more interest into the show. And I'm really skeptical of whether this will be good for the show. They have a plan for where they're going to go with it. Obviously, they've recorded many of the episodes. They have the scripts. We have episode titles in the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums. There are spoilers out there for what those episodes will contain. So you can draw your own conclusions there. But I don't want to see them stretch this out for a full season. Not at all.
2: Yeah, I don't think anyone wants that. As a total
3: sidebar, though, anyone who I know who watches once who is not like a critical watcher, like is not like a podcast listener in the forums dissecting everything the way we do, anyone who's just like a, you know average person watching once is so excited that frozen is coming. And I've gotten text messages from the little girls who I used to nanny who are like 13 ish. So that age group, and they watch with their mom every week. Like they're like, do you know when once it's starting? Like, you know, frozen's coming. Like, it's so exciting. So I think that it's like that demographic is really excited. And then anybody who doesn't like do what we do every week with the show is excited to, to see the story. I don't know that they understand that it's not necessarily, I, again, spoiler free, but not just one episode. It it could potentially be a whole season or half a season, probably half. So like, what do you do with that? That's it's a 90 minute movie.
0: <laughs> I guess I see it kind of as a V pattern or maybe an A pattern, but we started off with season one, which was really Filled with mystery to it we were trying to figure out who is that character why are they here what's their backstory there was a lot of great mystery in season one season two started getting a little bit darker but then introduced a lot more darkness as we got closer to neverland neverland was really dark mm-hmm. then we had the wicked witch and that started becoming more playfully dark and now It looks like season four is on the other side where it's back to playful storytelling again. So maybe not as many deep theories and mysteries to try and solve.
3: The Wicked Witch, though, like she was, it was half a season, right? That she was the villain for. Yeah. She's also based on like a series of books. There's not just the one, there's a whole bunch of different ones. And, you know, there's like now also the Wicked series, which is separate to that as well. So it's, they kind of had more, um, content to, to do with that as well. So that's why I'm just, I'm not sure they're going to have enough to do what they're going to do, but like, I love the show. It's going to be good. Probably either way. We're going to keep watching it either way.
0: (laughs) Well, getting back to frozen then, What are some of your other thoughts on Frozen of what you liked and didn't like about the movie? Hunter, how about you start off with something?
1: I love, love, love the music. It kind of brought me back to like, I completely thought before they even said anything, Broadway. Because it's all like that style of singing. They brought in a lot of Broadway actors for the actual movie. It had a stage present feel to me. And I love that about movies. If I could see it also on the stage, I'd love it.
0: Jacqueline, what about you? What's a thought from the movie?
2: Olaf. Olaf. I love Olaf. Yeah. <laughs> he he's a snowman who likes warm hugs. And think it's about ridiculous. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In in summer is my favorite song from the movie, and I love Olaf. Always we should have Olaf somewhere on this show. Like, even if it's just a snowman, like in a corner and he doesn't move, we can just go, Oh look, there's Olaf. <laughs> and I can pretend that he is singing to me. It's perfectly fine.
0: I don't have a skull. <laughs> or bone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, Jacqueline, once I get my camera working, I will make sure Olaf is sitting on the desk with me for you.
3: Okay. <laughs> I have an Elsa crown. I should have worn it. Jeez.
0: Yeah, the songs were great. The, I, I'm looking at all kinds of aspects of the story and uh, different ways that they brought this in, but I love, I have a musical background and I love seeing counterpoint in music, And that's where you have two different melodies going along at the same time. And one of my favorite songs from this besides, yeah, Let It Go is one of my favorite songs. But the other one is when uh, Elsa is singing over Anna and, and the they're both singing there as, yeah, it's uh, for the first time in forever and okay. Don't Let Them In, Don't Let Them See. And that kind of back and forth happening there, I really like that part
3: do you mean the reprise or the first one like in the ice castle or in the home castle
0: the first one in the home castle when they've opened the gates
3: i like that part but my favorite song is number eight which is the reprise
2: (laughs) when she blasts anna through the heart yeah well that's not why but (laughs) (laughs) no no (laughs) it's a good musical number i agree yeah
0: I like the detail where everything about Elsa's magic, including even things that weren't her magic, but design on her clothing, on Anna's clothing in the castle, everything was either based on a snowflake in some way or six-sided in some way, or it had the, the wispy snow pattern to it. So it was one or the other, and really neat how they maintained that consistency Building it on top of her magic that way.
1: I never noticed that.
0: This is a movie that didn't have a clear villain. I mean, yes, Elsa was the villain of the movie.
2: Well no, I was Hans. Wouldn't say- yeah, I wasn't gonna say that.
3: Yeah, no, it's Hans.
0: Well, yeah, but you don't discover Hans is the villain until the end.
3: Until you rewatch it. But that's what's so awesome about it. <laughs> yeah. And then you you pick up on things that you didn't pick up on the first time. <laughs>
0: but it makes me wonder how much of that is going to carry over into once upon a time because in frozen elsa was mistreated she was untrusted mm-hmm. she was misunderstood she wasn't actually the bad guy but she was treated that way and she was mostly controlled by her fears and because of that she couldn't control her own magic is that also a description of what else is going to be like in once upon a time I could see that because you look at our villains of Once Upon a Time, and in season one and two, or like with Regina and Rumplestiltskin, they started as villains, and then they've been on the path to redemption. Peter Pan and Zelina were definite villains
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, who had no redemption; they didn't get a happy ending. And Elsa is maybe just misunderstood, not actually a villain. But she's done some bad things unintentionally.
2: Yeah, I pretty much think that's exactly what they're going to do. I think they're going to keep that as true to Frozen as possible. Because even in some interviews right after season three ended with Adam and Eddie, they talked about how the way the movie Frozen depicted Elsa is just so close to what they've been doing on Once Upon a Time with the misunderstood villains who have tragic backstories, who are just scared, who just need love, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I expect they're going to keep Elsa very close to that.
3: I really relate Elsa to Emma in the sense of just like, it makes me think of ugly ducklings just where, you know, people have this story and they don't want to share it because they're afraid that it's going to change everything. And that's exactly what Elsa was experiencing like that's even her lyrics conceal don't feel put on a show make one wrong move and everyone will know and like not to let people in and that that's going to protect you which is what Emma that was kind of her mo the whole first season is like don't let anybody in don't let anybody see who I really am um, because then they're going to know they're going to know my story and they're going to you know have that that control over her and then it ends up that you don't get what you need because you're not letting people give you what you need. So it's, I, and I know both stories are Hans Christian on Anderson. So I know that that's probably a, uh, why it's, it's definitely similar, but, uh, I just love, I love that song and like those lyrics and how powerful they are outside of the context of it being a Disney movie, outside of the context of it being a fairy tale, just everybody kind of has a story and has a past and, not necessarily everyone is able to share it. And the damage that that can do to a person is very poignant.
0: Yeah. Alias scape in our chat room while we're recording this said the thing about Hans is he's an everyday villain that you can meet on the street. Men who will use and abuse a woman because they love themselves and their own interests more. And also Matthew Paul was pointing out that uh, here Hans has been wanting to rule a kingdom seemingly for his entire life rule a kingdom that isn't his
1: well because he knows that he could never be the ruler of his kingdom because he has 12 older brothers right so there are 12 people in line before him
0: i found myself when i was re-watching the movie knowing the ending i i kept <laughs> wondering was it his plan all along at what point did he decide yes this is how i'm gonna go with things did he have this planned out ahead of time? I was way over analyzing Frozen. And you are probably thinking, yes, Daniel, you overanalyze everything.
3: But there's a line.
0: <laughs> That's why I do this podcast.
3: You picked up on the clothing. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But there's a line that Han says in Love is an Open Door that everyone's pointed out where he like motions to on kingdom or Elsa's kingdom and says, I've been searching for a place of my own or something. What, what's the line? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I think that's exactly what yeah. you said.
3: So then everyone's pointed that out. They're like, case in point, like he, he was honest the whole time. And you could tell in that song that he was totally, you know, making stuff up sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. No, you weren't like
2: <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't realize that <laughs> who would say sandwiches. <laughs> so I've got a theory that uh, this one's coming from the forums it's one we've been talking about and in the movie Frozen Elsa casts an eternal winter over Arendelle and one of the things people are playing with is the idea that in Once Upon a Time if this happens in the Enchanted Forest it is the harshest winter when Snow was born and that somehow Elsa and Snow might have a connection
0: I like that
3: I do too. Or what about Elsa and Snow's mom? If Snow was just a baby.
2: Yeah, maybe. We haven't heard that much about Ava and like where she came from. So if Ava was nice by then, which we're assuming she was,
3: right? She was kind of a brat earlier. Yeah. And then if she was nice by then, maybe she was the one who helped like get Elsa out of... Wait, could they be sisters?
0: I don't want to hear something like
3: that. They both start with E. Yeah. They look nothing alike, but neither do Anna and Elsa, really.
1: Okay, I love in the chat room that the theory could be bunnies. Because you get that reference.
2: (laughs) That is just hilarious. Everybody gets that reference. Snow bunnies, to be specific.
0: (laughs) Well, and is the storyline of Frozen long in the past or more recently in the past or are we going to see it play out because i think they have more freedom with what they do with the frozen storyline because it's not a fairy tale like snow queen is and like all of these other things are fairy tales and fairy tales the way they've approached it fairy tales are kind of in the past in another world another dimension in some ways almost simultaneous with our own but so where does Frozen as a storyline with Arendelle and uh, everything there fit in with this modern day past? And how does that then connect with our characters?
3: Maybe it's in fictional London. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's our scapegoat for everything. I'll just say <laughs> fictional London.
3: Jeremy would have liked that one.
2: <laughs> I think Frozen might be in the past. Just, I don't know, given that Elsa had some measure of control over her powers in the barn... When she shattered the urn. Yeah. I think that kind of suggests that the mm-hmm. Frozen story is somewhere in the past. I don't know when in the past. And maybe we'll see that in an episode somewhere. Though, I don't know. That's risky.
0: <laughs> and we'll probably get to see some kind of run-in between Elsa and Rumpelstiltskin. Because how else would he capture her like that and put her in the urn and then in his vault? So there's some backstory between the two of mm-hmm. them.
2: Right I mean, I don't know why her powers are so bizarre to him that he has to lock her up in an urn in a vault inside of a castle because he has other things that are supposedly quite evil and nefarious and weird, so <laughs> i don't I don't know maybe i'm I'm starting to doubt that Elsa really has some kind of big mysterious power, and it's more like she broke a deal with Rumple or something.
0: Yeah, I could see that too.
2: But if Elsa can't control her powers, which would be true to the
3: Frozen movie, then Rumpelstiltskin wouldn't have been able to control her. So he could have just put her in there because she was something that he can't control, and he doesn't
2: like that. That's true. I guess it just depends on if she can control her powers or not in the past.
0: Now, we got some feedback in from our listeners about Frozen. And Joshua said, My family and I love Frozen. It has great, memorable characters, and the music is probably our favorite Disney animated soundtrack since The Princess and the Frog. I have two daughters, ages two and four, that were already Disney princess fans, but the focus of sisterly love in Frozen seemed to make my girls even more excited. I've just started watching Once Upon a Time on Netflix, but my wife has been watching since the beginning and is very excited for Frozen coming to Once and for season four to start. Keep up the good work with your podcast. Cheers from Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. I didn't like The Princess and the Frog. Neither did I. (laughs)
3: That
0: was the Disney movie I hated the most. Same here.
1: It's not my favorite, but it started to bring back the music that I love and stuff like that. Songs you can sing along to.
0: Yeah. That's true. Meredith said, I loved the movie. The one, two things I didn't like were two of the songs that I could have done without. The first one is love is an open door. The other was the (sighs) troll song.
2: (sighs)
3: What? Yeah. I always skip the troll song. I'm going to, I'm going to admit to that.
0: I'm really looking forward to it's joining once upon a time. The concepts, of acts of true love and magic that can't be controlled are right up their alley. I think it'll be a great year for Once Upon a Time. Thank you for telling me. And uh, last feedback here we got from Ellie Active said, Frozen is a great film. I love Anna and I love the songs. I do think that it's overhyped and that Once is jumping on the popularity bandwagon. Also considering how they've treated other Disney characters, such as Rapunzel, being in one episode... And pretty much only there to further Charming's story. I'm a little worried how Frozen will go down. From Ellie.
2: Well, I don't think Elsa's going to get the Rapunzel treatment. Because they're really trying to sell the Frozen aspect for this half of the season. You know, the hashtag, the all the artwork. If you've seen some of the character icon posters that they've put out so far. I don't think she's just going to be a, a one-off. She's, she's not going to get that treatment.
3: I feel like Once Upon a Time is doing more merchandising for Frozen than Frozen did. I I have been like, <laughs> Disney, I hope you're listening. I have been so disappointed every time I have gone to the Disney store, which sidebar, not that often because it's really far away. But even before Christmas, when Frozen first came out, they had nothing there. Like I was trying to find something to get for my sister for Christmas that was Frozen because of the sister theme. And they had nothing they had like one mug or something and that was it and uh even now i think i went i was at the outlets a couple weeks ago and i went and they had like an olaf stuffy and like plastic bowl and plate set like for a four-year-old which i get that's a great thing for a four-year-old but usually disney stores have mugs and like things that are for maybe people who are not four years old who like to watch Disney movies. So it's just, that's been disappointing. They should get more stuff. Like I don't, it's the biggest thing since I don't even know. And they have nothing. So,
1: okay. I can tell you, I have been to the Disney store more times than I can count helping friends get things for their kids. I have been to both. No, I I'm swear, just I only have a Sven doll and the Olaf thing. That's all I have besides the movie. And I've been to Disney World and I've been to Disneyland all very recently. There is nothing out there for our age. They don't really have, like, any mugs and shirts and, like, little things like that. It's all for the little kids. And that's if you can get your hands on the merchandise. Yeah. Well... I went to the Disney store every day for a week waiting for these dolls to come in so we could get it for my friend's four-year-old daughter's birthday. I was in Maryland and she was in Jersey. We were going to the stores like every day. Like you have to be there when this stuff comes out. And if not, it's gone.
3: Okay. So perhaps they are on the ball (laughs) and they just need to get some better distributing happening.
1: They, they need to make more of it faster. Yeah.
3: I don't even know. I don't even know how, like, I got, the. I have an Elsa crown that my friend bought me for my birthday and gave it to me on my birthday, and it was really cute, because then I wore it all weekend, because it was my birthday weekend. But other than that, and I don't know how she got it, she said there were no options. It was like that, or I think she said, like, like the plastic plate set, and she figured the crown was more awesome or something, but <laughs> there has been stuff here with, like, the dresses they have to go through like a draw to be allowed to like get into the store to purchase the Elsa dress and
1: yeah they don't even sell them in Disney World you have to go through the Bibbidi-Bobbidi boutique to get your dress
3: <laughs> Daniel's like I don't need to know this stuff. <laughs> I mean for little I'm kids like, the know. Elsa dresses for little kids okay, let,
0: let me let me represent the guys again here there were swords <laughs> in this movie and that was really cool sword <laughs> fights <laughs> And a big monster. But speaking of the big monster.
3: Marshmallow. Shout out to Veronica Mars fans.
0: So Elsa can create life. She created two (laughs) living beings. And Mm. it seems the bigger she makes them, the worse their temper is. (laughs) But I'm sure
2: Marshmallow was just misunderstood. (laughs) He was totally misunderstood. After all
1: the credits, did you see the extra little Mm -hmm. scene?
0: I always watch after the credits.
1: Okay.
3: (laughs) This is Daniel, people.
1: It's really fun. So you got Marshmallow and he's got all the big ice stick, like the icicles sticking out of him. And he finds Elsa's crown and he picks it up and he puts it on and like all of the the icicles disappear. And he's got like this really cute smile on his face. (laughs) So, you know, he's just
3: misunderstood.
0: Yeah. He was just having a bad day. Someone threw a snowball at him. That's why he's angry.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, to a creature made of snow, it's very but offensive.
0: If Elsa can create life in Frozen, which they completely brush over, and videos <laughs> make fun of that fact,
3: <laughs> is
0: that going to be something they'll bring into Once Upon a Time, where, wow, this lady can create life, or maybe bring life, uh, Daniel, maybe? Resurrect Daniel again? <laughs> no, we're not going there.
2: Do you really think ABC would pass up the opportunity to use an insane amount of CGI?
0: (laughs) Because I don't. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. We'll probably see someone frozen into ice again instead of the porcelain thing that we've been seeing a Mm -hmm. couple times before.
3: Has anybody read anything about, like I know I just said shout out to Veronica Mars fans. Does anyone know if that was actually an intentional? I don't even know if any of you guys watched Veronica Mars, but... Kristen Bell is the star of Veronica Mars, and she was Anna in Frozen, and she calls her fans marshmallows, just like we have like dearies and rumples and ugly ducklings and stuff. So that's what I thought was funny, because she's the one who named him Marshmallow in the... Oh, no, sorry, that was Olaf named him Marshmallow. But I was just wondering if that was an intentional kind of tie-in to that, or if it just was coincidence
0: probably was intentional i wouldn't be surprised if it was
3: the veronica mars kickstarter movie and stuff had just been it was released in march so it had just been funded and filmed as well so that's cool it's cool that they did that
0: hey let me take a moment to thank some people who have made this episode of one's podcast possible lisa slack steve johnson david newland kelsey hunt laura silver laurie hancock Tappenberg, dj firewolf and Marianne Lavati, as well as our backers on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. It keeps the server running, especially during the summer months when we're not producing as many podcast episodes, but the server still gets a lot of stress for the website. And we're trying to move things around right this week, actually, to see if we can save some money and also make some things function a little faster and a little more stable. But thank you so much, for the support. We really appreciate it. We could not do this podcast without your support. And if you haven't donated yet, and you'd like to either just a one-time donation, a per-episode donation, or an automatic monthly donation, then go over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor to check out all of our options. We've got a great season four coming up with the podcast and some fun things that we'll be doing. And we would really love to have you helping us. But even if you're not able to, that's fine. We really enjoy connecting with you. And if you can't help with a donation, something else that also really helps is an iTunes review. Big thanks to Rachel in Indiana for leaving a review for us in iTunes. And she said, don't watch Once Upon a Time without one's podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. (laughs) We really appreciate it. And if you haven't left an iTunes review yet, then go over to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes. Or if you use Stitcher, you can write a review for us over there too. Oncepodcast.com slash Stitcher. So what else stands out to you about Frozen and possible connections with Once Upon a Time? Or just what you liked or didn't like about the movie Frozen?
2: I didn't like the trolls. I agree with that feedback we got a few minutes ago. (laughs) That They didn't like the troll song. And I thought the trolls were just really kind of superfluous and a little annoying. In the beginning of the film, they talk about how they're going to... The solution to Elsa's problem is not giving into fear. And then the parents are like, so we're going to lock her up in a castle and make her feel really, really terrible about who she is. And make her wear gloves and conceal don't feel. And I'm kind of like, okay, did you not listen to the troll? And then the trolls are just like, okay, bye-bye. Jacqueline, did you see that someone created, I don't know what it was, but it was like a cartoon drawing of how Frozen should have ended. And that's exactly what it was. (laughs) It's pretty funny. The trolls are like, no, you're really dumb. Will you please listen to me?
0: (laughs) Yeah, like isolating her is going to help. Even the whole thing of removing the memory of magic. That was something that every time I've watched this, I keep thinking, why is that supposed to help? make this better is it just that because anna has been touched by magic in her mind and as uh, in fact as the troll says the heart is not
2: so easily changed but the head can be persuaded
0: so is it just that she was being affected negatively by this magic and as long as she didn't think about it it wouldn't have influence over her and it couldn't freeze her it's a little bit of a stretch a little bit of a fixer upper maybe
3: <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> i was annoyed that later they weren't like okay so anna here's what happened when you were four or however yeah. old she was this is what actually happened with your sister this is why she froze the world maybe we can work on this together maybe when she's a kid i kind of get that because she she was the one who peer pressured elsa into doing the magic that night want snowman <laughs> <laughs> that is probably my favorite scene of the movie but well the sky's awake that that line is probably my favorite but she peer pressured her so maybe it was just to like take that pressure off of Elsa that she needed to also appease her sister
2: yeah but it kind of royally screwed everything up it did it made for a really good movie <laughs> right and I know this is like plot So, I'm accepting that it's plot, but (laughs) at the same time, I mean, you take these two kids and you sit them down, and you're like, here's the deal. Your sister (laughs) has some powers, we're going to love her no matter what, and hopefully she doesn't kill us all with her icy blast. (laughs) I mean, it's not that difficult. (laughs) But instead, they're like, we're gonna put her in a locked room with gloves and tell her that she's not allowed to touch anything. (laughs) Well, you know, Disney movies and
3: parenting do not necessarily tend to go hand in hand.
2: (laughs) But without
3: Conceal Don't Feel, we wouldn't have Let It Go, which won an Oscar.
0: Yeah, because of the wickedly talented Adele Nazim, There are a lot of things about Frozen that I think are positive and good to learn from. And at the same time, I think there are some bad messages that could be taken from this but the same thing applies to any movie really you could take good from it take bad from it some of the things uh, in frozen specifically is thinking that well the only way to have freedom is no rules whatsoever and that's a dangerous thought but then it's a good thought to realize fear is the enemy and love is more powerful than fear There's even a Bible verse that says perfect love casts out fear and there is no fear in love. And so there are pluses and minuses to this. And that's always going to be the case with anything that you watch. And a lot depends on your own worldview as well. But I think Frozen is a great story on its own. We'll see how it does in Once Upon a Time. Olaf is amazing. He's a little delusional.
2: (laughs) People, some people are worth melting for. Yes! that. Lo- okay, once upon a time, if you do anything this season, I'm begging you, put that line in there somewhere. Which one? Some people are worth melting for. Oh, that's good. And if it is said by an adorable little snowman who Bonus points. likes warm <laughs> hugs, it's even better. <laughs> I like, uh, winter's a good
3: time to stay and cuddle, but put me in summer and I'll be, uh... Bia. happy <laughs> snowman.
0: Well, we are going to close down this conversation, and this is your opportunity, though, to continue the conversation by going over to oncepodcast.com/slash/155 and comment on our show notes what you're looking forward to with Frozen coming into Once Upon a Time, what you hope will be coming uh, regardless of spoilers out there, what you'd like to see. And if you want to talk about spoilers and dig a lot more, check out our forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forms once upon a time returns on sunday september 28th at 8 7 central so make sure you're able to watch it if you can the season four premiere we'll be having our live chat during the eastern and central time airing of the show and then our live initial reactions podcast 15 minutes after so save our contact information that you can send us your feedback and theories on the episode email Feedback at oncepodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903 231 2221. Or you can go to the website oncepodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website to us. And we'd love to incorporate your feedback into our discussions of the next episodes of Once Upon a Time. Just as a general guideline, Put the episode title in the subject line of your emails, and that helps us sort it out a lot easier. So we've got so much coming with season four, so much that uh, could happen in different directions. Make sure that you add the third season and other seasons to your collection if you haven't already. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash season one or season two or season three and purchase each of those seasons. And then when season four is available to purchase, that will be the same URL we haven't heard anything about a third season soundtrack, which is surprising.
3: Or a Wonderland soundtrack, which is sad.
0: A Wonderland release on Blu-ray. That's oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. That's
2: never going to happen, yeah. What? It's not even going to be on Netflix. I, yeah. We, Matt, uh, Matthew Paul, my other moderator and I, we were talking about this the other night, and chances are producing a DVD giving it to Netflix or producing any kind of soundtrack would probably cost them more money than Wonderland made altogether since the ratings were so low. Hmm. I doubt we'll ever get anything from it.
3: Where is Jeremy when you need him on his soapbox about how the reviews for that show have not even come yet because people don't watch TV that way anymore? It's a miniseries. It should be out on DVD now.
0: And they might make more money from the dvd and blu-ray sales than they did from the actual movie that's been the case with many other uh, with the actual tv show but that's been the case with several other tv yeah. shows or movies that made all of their money on the follow-up sales instead of the actual release
3: empire records yeah because it's an open and closed story in and of itself like did abc has released so many half seasons of shows that end on a cliffhanger and then got canceled I don't know why they can't release this show that was actually meant to be that way in the first place.
2: Well, maybe they will. I just, I don't know. I think we would have heard something by now, unfortunately. Let's all send them a
3: s'more in the mail or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would love to connect with you on our social networks and you can follow the show on Twitter at One's Podcast and follow each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at TheRamenNoodle. Noodle.
1: I'm Aaron J, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Hunter Hathaway on Twitter
2: at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me on Twitter at punk underscore bunny underscore eighty-seven.
0: And also follow Jeremy, who will be joining us for our next podcast episode on Twitter at Fleagon, P-H-L-E-G-O-N. This podcast would not be possible without so many great volunteers helping us out and big thanks to corbin for sorting our feedback jack for writing our show notes john Buchanan for editing our episodes hunter and jacqueline for providing spoilers you'll get to hear those in a moment jacqueline and matthew paul for moderating the forums jacob for help with screenshots keb for managing our timeline aliascape and aaron j moderating the chat room jeremy aaron hunter and jacqueline hosting the podcast And you being part of this great community. So until next time, remember, like an agile peacock, like a chicken with the face of a monkey, I fly. And thanks for listening. Once podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of ONCE Podcast. If you'd like to be one of them and be like a co-producer with us of the podcast, then please go to ONCEpodcast.com slash sponsor. You can sponsor an individual episode or each episode as it comes out. You can make an automatic monthly donation or just a one-time donation. Every little bit helps. Check out your options over at ONCEpodcast.com slash sponsor.
1: Hi everyone, Hunter here.
2: And this is Jacqueline.
1: And we've got your spoilers for ONCE Podcast. So we're coming up on episode one, A Tale of Two Sisters, and we have finally got the synopsis of it. Did you read it? I did. A scared and confused Elsa finds herself in Storybrooke, and fearful of the intentions of its residents, creates a powerful snow monster for protection. With Robin Hood's wife, Marion, back in the picture, Regina wonders if her happily ever after with the former thief has been completely squashed. While on their honeymoon, Mr. Gold finds an intriguing object that makes him question whether or not he should officially give Belle control over the dagger that makes him the Dark One, and Hook is dismayed to discover that Emma seems to be avoiding him while she tries to help comfort Regina after being the one responsible for bringing Marion back from the past and into Storybrooke. Meanwhile, in Arendelle of the Past, as Elsa's sister Anna's wedding to Kristoff nears, Anna discovers that their parents, who died on the ship during a violent storm, We're headed to a mysterious destination in a quest that may have held a secret to containing Elsa's out-of-control ice powers. And against Elsa's wishes, Anna wants to finish their journey to find out what they were looking for.
2: To answer something we were talking about in the podcast, the movie Frozen happened not only in the past, but it happened in the past that we aren't seeing in episode 401. So the episode is going to pick up where the movie left off. In fact... I'm going to go ahead and lay down some bets that the very first scene is going to be that clip we got at Comic-Con of Elsa and Anna at their parents' grave talking.
1: Yes. I'm going to think that, too. And I think it probably might take place like a year or so after the movie, considering that they're planning for the wedding. Yeah. And there's no one really new coming as guest starring that we wouldn't have already known we do know that Sydney Glass will be back in this episode. Mm-hmm. We've got a nobleman, a regal woman, Roland, uh, Robin Hood's son will be there, little John, and everyone else's people who we would have already knew that were going to be in this season. So, yes. it will save you all from reading names.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of episode 401, the promotional pictures for that episode have come out. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of them, and most of them are of Arendelle and are of Elsa, Anna, Kristoff and Sven, the reindeer. Of course. Who real name is Jack. Yes, I was going to say that in the <laughs> casting
1: news that Sven will be played by Jack. Yes. He's
2: Jack the reindeer.
1: That must have been an interesting casting call though. Yeah. Just bringing a whole bunch of reindeers. and which one which one's got is better photogenic, It's most photogenic.
2: So the pictures Pretty basic. Some of them we've actually seen over the summer before. There are a few where Elsa appears to be looking at a book, and I don't know if the book is going to be significant, but the fact that they show her with it might mean something. Yeah, I Um, have. And and then there are a few of Captain Hook and Emma in Storybrooke with probably looking at the giant snow monster, the marshmallow, and then it looks like we're going to have a full-on Robin- marion regina emma confrontation outside of Granny's.
1: and you know it's coming so <laughs> yes most of the stuff that we did find out in that in the synopsis was covered in the tv guide article where they were on the cover this past week
2: yes they are on the cover this week elsa and anna in a very classic frozen pose so you can go out and pick up that magazine there are some more pictures on the inside as well
1: and we did find out two big things about the season. The Enchanted Forest is conveniently adjacent to Arendelle. Of course. Because of course they all is. are next to each other. And it's just, you know, a half a day by horse to get anywhere.
2: I'm convinced at- that the kingdoms are really just castles on a tiny piece of land. <laughs> like, there, there are no kingdoms inside the Enchanted Forest at this there, point. There can't
1: be, no. And unfortunately, there will be no Olaf in the show. mm <laughs>
2: I cry. I cry sad tears.
1: But he does get a shout-out, so maybe he gets his lines put in there somehow. Yes, I hope so. I found a quote by Adam Horowitz. I don't know if you have the same one.
2: I've got very, very specific spoilers, but nothing general.
1: Oh, how about we're going to find out a lot more about Emma's childhood. In the first half of the season, we're going to see more of Emma's past than I think we've seen in all the previous seasons combined.
2: Yes. So... Uh, the popular theory there is that we're going to see her her very first couple years um, when she had a family. And if, if you remember in the pilot, she told Henry that she had a family until she was three. And then they sent her back to the orphanage. So we think that we might get some of that story this season.
1: Yes. That'd be really cool to see.
2: Yeah, agreed. There was one thing about Will Scarlet that he would not be in Storybrooke if all was not well in Wonderland. I don't know what that means. There are some people who are wondering where um, Anastasia is and if she's even alive at this point. But it sounds like Will's visit to Storybrooke is because there's something wrong in Wonderland. There's also going to be no Dr. Whale in the first 11 episodes of the season. So, yeah, no Dr. Whale in season 4A. But they do want him... To maybe pop in for season 4B, the second half, because he's working on a show right near where they film. So if they need him, they can always pick him back up.
1: Very cool. We do have some casting news this week. Mm Mm-hmm. Frances O'Connor has been cast as Belle's mother, Colette.
2: Yep, and she's going to be appearing in episode 406, which is entitled Family Business. Yep, she'll be in a flashback. It's a flashback, but they did say that they are keeping the option of bringing her back open. Yes. Maybe this season. It's very possible, though, of course, that Belle's mother is dead because everybody has to have a dead parent on this show.
0: If not one, <laughs>
1: both of them. So, yeah.
2: So,
0: or we watch I, them
1: die, you know. Oh, of course. Of course. And Elizabeth Mitchell, we now officially know who she will be. Yep. Go ahead. The Snow Queen.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> As if the photos we got a few weeks ago weren't enough confirmation of her in her yeah. very snow queen outfit. She's of course going to be the snow queen.
1: Well, yeah, they were keeping it under under wraps for a while, but it's
2: official. Speaking of the snow queen, episode yep. 407 is written by Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis and it is called The Snow Queen. That will probably be an Elizabeth Mitchell character centric most yes. likely you will find and out why I'm, she is damaged and misunderstood
1: and i'm thinking it's going to lead that episode will probably be more like the actual story of the snow queen
2: yeah i think so because given that and the fact that two episodes before that um episode 405 is called breaking glass and if you were listening to the podcast then daniel told us the story of the original snow queen and how there's um a looking glass a mirror that shatters I think they're actually going to play off of this a little bit, and something might happen to Sydney. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Okay, so first, we do have another casting call for episode 407, and this is for a middle sister that is blonde and blue-eyed. Now, the description matches very, very closely to how Elizabeth Mitchell looks, so this might be a younger version of her, um, because the episode is for the Snow Queen. But it could also be any other random sister. All we know is that there are three of them, and they are going to a fancy ball. Fun. Yeah, or so make of that is. what you will. I think this um, is. Yeah. <laughs> there was a spoiler about Henry and Regina and how they're going to have their own little adventure or story together this season. Because Henry realizes that Regina is really going to need him, given the situation with Robin Hood. And so Henry's going to be there for his mom. And I think we're going to have a lot of Regina and Henry interaction.
1: That's sweet.
2: And then two more things. First up Mm -hmm. is Emma and Hook for the Captain Swan fans. It looks like Emma's going to be a little distant and pulling away, but Hook is going to keep trying to reassure her that they can be in a relationship But don't look for them to suddenly, you know, be curled up next to the TV in a box of popcorn or something. They might go on a few dates, of course, but it's story broke, so things happen. Yes. And then, finally, one last piece here. We got some new filming shots just last night. And they were all together in Granny's, and we saw Belle and Elsa filming with Emma and Hook. And actually, Belle and Elsa have been filming together quite a bit, which is pleasantly surprising, since Belle is usually stuck inside Mr. Gold's shop. I think so, it's
1: sweet. I mean, she Belle knows more about probably what Elsa's going through than others, because she was, like, lost when she came back.
2: Mm-hmm. She was also kept in a small, dark room by Rumpelstiltskin, so... Yep. <laughs> they They have a lot in common, these two girls
1: Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that, and we will be back in two weeks after the premiere of episode one with more spoilers for you. I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at bit of pixie dust.
2: I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me at punk underscore bunny underscore eighty seven
1: and that's it for this week. till next time, Bye guys.